welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. It was a glorious day for college football. Not a great one for me. But let's start on a positive note. Jay, how was Morgantown? It looked absolutely wild, and I am really disappointed I missed out. <laughs> Man, we had an incredible time. Uh Everything from top to bottom, I mean, just experiencing the town, the scenery, the game. It, it was just, I couldn't have asked for a better trip for the uh, first ever Sin Away Classic, right? Uh, so I can't wait to see if uh, whatever game I end up going to lives up to the standard that was set uh, as far as next year. But uh, as far as Morgantown goes, I mean, you know, we had a, a blast. Uh, me and... My dad were up there, and then uh, my buddy, Brendan, uh, also came down. Uh, he flew over uh, from Washington Doles in a, in a single-prop Cessna. So I saw that. So did he fly right into the Morgantown Airport? Yeah, he flew into the Morgantown Airport to join us on Wednesday night. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, Wednesday, we, uh, we went, me and my dad went to Varsity Club. Uh, had some great food, had some beers, watched the uh, the Marshall and Louisiana game there. Yep, and that was a, a good time. And I mean, we're just drinking, and you know, West Virginia folks were already coming into town to get ready for mm-hmm. the game on a Wednesday night. You know, mm-hmm. getting ready for the Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, then my buddy gets in, and you know, I figured we were gonna just end up going to sleep, but. We ended up going to High Street on Wednesday night. <laughs> so nothing better than that. <laughs> w- woke up uh, Thursday morning hungover. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we went to Kegler's to try to kind of rally. Kegler's is I loved Kegler's. Fantastic wings. Uh, yes, really good. Fantastic wings there, and then uh, hopped on the the PRT and then went downtown. Right uh, in the future. Yeah, get when uh went to Gibby's pub there for a little bit. Gibby's, you went to Gibby's? I yeah, love Gibby's for, for a little bit there, and then uh, hopped back up on the PRT, went back mm-hmm. and started tailgating. Uh, so the blue lot, you know, we talked about this, but the the blue lot didn't open till mm-hmm. till five, so till two hours before kickoff because it was a a Thursday right. night game. Yeah, uh, the hospital still the the hospital still exists even on game, but. People were already tailgating at like noon, so that didn't really oh, yeah. matter. Uh, you know, and then finally, when the blue light did open, uh, I mean, people just poured in there and it was packed. And even though there was only two hours left to tailgate before the game, you know, there was still, I mean, there wasn't an empty spot in there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, people were getting after it. Obviously, I got my shoey done. Uh, I loved it. Shout out to the guys from Norseman Defense Technologies for, for letting us crash their tailgate. Uh, they had a fantastic setup. Uh, you know, our buddy, uh, Mike Barker from College Football yep, Campus Tour was that. there. Mm-hmm. Got, to, got to meet him, uh, say what's up to him, and, you know, chat a little bit about Morgantown. Uh, and then the game. I, and what a game it was, huh? It was glorious. It was, it was I mean, West Virginia started out hot. You know, they, they get that touchdown in their opening drive after getting a three and out uh, against Baylor, uh, shut them down off, and then Baylor started scoring. Uh, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the, the crowd was a little bit worried, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was uh, too. And, 
the thing was Baylor just never put West Virginia away and they started getting momentum there late in the game. And, uh, you know, there was a couple big plays. There was that fumble that was returned for a touchdown that I think really turned the game around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, getting to seeing country roads in front of 60,000 or however many were in the stadium Thursday mm-hmm. night, you know, I mean, I'd say 50. Just, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a packed house and no. I, you know, Thursday night game, uh, the team has been a little bit down. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of to be expected. I think yeah. if it was a Saturday night, that place would have been packed anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but it was still, you know, striped stadium looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I at least, you know, got the, the, the lower bowl was, was full. Yeah. Right? I saw like that. It was a hundred percent full. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more shoeys inside the stadium. I also saw that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wasn't a little bit inebriated. Uh, and then, you know, after that, I mean, what else can you do, right? You got to celebrate the win. So back to High Street we went. Uh, thank you for a fantastic time, Happy's Pub down there. Uh, we had a blast. I mean, I, I could have asked for a better trip for the – First ever Sanjay Way Classic, and mm-hmm. again, like I said at the start of this, I, I it's going to be hard for whoever wins that poll next year to to live up to the standard that's been set. Yeah, man. Like, so I was watching the game, and like, I think some of the students, I think, elected to hit up the bars instead of go to the game. Um, and I think a lot of them, like Neil Brown said, were probably a little disappointed after you know Morgantown or West Virginia pulls off a bit of an upset, but. Man, that's a gutsy win by that team, man. Because, like, I think Baylor was definitely more talented. I think that was clear. But West Virginia just found a way. They just found a way to win. And hopefully they can build off of that for the next week. But, dude, I lived in Morgantown for four four years. And I I love that place. Like, it it grew on me a lot. I I really enjoyed my time there. Um and like I said, those those fans, again, not not the ones on the Twitterverse, but like the ones that show up, those Mountaineer faithful, they are they're some of the best fans in the country. Yeah. Um, and I mean, everybody was so nice the entire time. They took care of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, you know, like any time, like you know, they asked me why why I'm up there, and I'm just telling the whole story, and they're like, "Man, we hope you enjoy it." And you know, there's. Obviously, there's going to be good and bad fans on Twitter, but um, everybody that I talked to on Twitter after that was like, hey, you better, oh, yeah. you better come back for another <laughs> oh, game yeah. after that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, you had like a bit of a – you had a little bit of a like a cult following from the West. You are an honorary member of Mountaineer Nation. I think now, dude, I, I'm a West Virginia fan for life after that yeah. trip. I mean, how can I not be? How, exactly. how when, when you experience it, it's just like, man, like it's special. You know? and, and this is what I want, and I'll, I'll have a full write-up, too, uh, in the Tailgate Chronicles, obviously, talking about it. But this is what it's all about, man, just experiencing the, the culture of different places for college football and, yep. and getting a chance to share that with the people who love those places so dearly mm-hmm. and, and getting to interact with folks and just kind of spread the word. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk on the Internet, right, these – for all kinds of fan bases about how these fan ba- these fans aren't good or whatever, but mm-hmm. th- this going and getting to experience this firsthand as a, as a neutral observer, uh, mm-hmm. is 
it's just such a great opportunity to see what makes these places so special and why we love the game of college football. And I think this trip to West Virginia just exemplified that. Dude, I, I, I second everything you said. Like, I mean, like you do, you're doing the Senjay away. You travel a lot for games. Like my college buddies and I, we, we, we do, you know, we do the tour. It's, one stop every year at a college football destination and being a neutral observer at most of those places, you really get to take it in. Like you said, you know, take in what makes everything unique and like no disrespect to the NFL. The NFL is the best athletes in the world, but there, it doesn't have the same soul when you enter a stadium or you're at a tailgate. And that's like the thing. Every place is so new, unique in college football. Yeah. And I think there's like one or two places uh, in the NFL that maybe have that kind of character. Obviously Mm -hmm. I think Buffalo is probably one of those spots Mm -hmm. uh, that has the tailgating character. And then, you know, maybe, maybe Philly when they're good uh, is, is the type of environment. And then as much as I hate to say it, you know, I think green Bay is probably a special place. Yeah. Hurts me to say it as a Bears fan, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, there's just there's so much about college football that is so special and unique that that you don't get in the NFL. The traditions, the fans, the tailgating, mm-hmm. uh, it's just being able to go there myself, experience, and then share it with people is, I mean, that's what I live for. This is mm-hmm. this is what it's all about for me. Yeah. So. Really looking forward to writing that up, but also glad I get to share it verbally here. Yeah. Major FOMO. Raging FOMO I had of watching you just having the time of your life. Um, how So how was the moonshine? Did you have moonshine? I, I got some uh, some lemon drop moonshine. And it lemon was, it was drop delicious. ones. Okay. There we go. I mean, and, and that's not that's no old smoky that you buy at the liquor store either. Like someone, yeah, it, was, it was in a mason jar. Someone made that themselves. Like that's that's the thing. Like uh, you go to West Virginia tailgate, you know they. If someone gives you old smoky moonshine, it's almost like disrespectful. Like no, you got to get the <laughs> thing that's actually brewed. I had I had pepperoni rolls out. too. And pepperoni rolls, you know. I mean, that's not a bad little hangover snack, though. It is. It's a good hangover. Uh, snack. And then I had sheets for the first time. <laughs> so how? What did you get at sheets? Because I am... dude, I got the little appetizer sampler. Uh, oh, I think that's. I got best. the fried mac and cheese, the boneless bites, and the uh, moth sticks. So oh, I thought you'd go. I thought you'd go with the, the the curds. Dude, yeah. So actually, my dad also got an app sampler, and then he got the uh, the curds, the jalapeno poppers. <laughs> And something else. So I did get to try the, the curds too. The curds yeah. were really good. Yeah. That's, I mean, dude, that's it's just like thing. fried food. Like, that's mm-hmm. another thing that ha- hung over, like stopping in there at Sheets. Maybe uh, get, me a, get me a little body armor and, a, mm-hmm. and an app sampler. Not oh, yeah. a bad little move, little bang <laughs> energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sheets is like, I like how you went with the fry. You went with the fried option because that's, if you're going to Sheets, that's the way to go. Well, yeah. That's what you told me ahead of time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a big barbecue fiend, uh, but I also love me some just cheap fast food options. Oh yeah. And uh, the offerings from Sheets were, you know, I mean, pretty That'll pretty happy you. for hungover that, Jay. <laughs> That'll fill that gap, man. I'm gl- I'm really oh, glad you dude, had a good- And also getting to experience fall, you know, since we don't have that. Yeah, weekend. fall. Dude, that drive down 79 from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. oh, gorgeous. Beautiful. Yep, dude. Like peak fall foliage, apparently too. So we nailed mm-hmm. 
I yep. mean, everything, everything was right. That little chill, that chill in the air. Uh, but no, that's you, you weren't too cold, were you? No, my foot got a little bit cold after the third chewy, but everything else was all right. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm glad you had. A, I, I can't wait to read that that blog, um, the Tailgate Chronicles. It's it's a good one, man. I'm looking no. forward to this one, and I'm also looking yeah. forward to the next edition whenever I go to LSU this upcoming weekend. Yeah, it's and then the week after that, Texas A&M will miss, oh, and then the week oh, after that will be when you come down to Florida. Oh yeah, oh, it's gonna be great. Gonna be great. All right, um, so. Anyway, the game itself, West Virginia, gutsy win, huge for Neil Brown. Definitely um, fanned or put out put out some of the flames on his hot seat. But they still have to get a couple more, and we will get to them a little bit later. Um, let's go to Saturday. Um, I didn't have a very good Saturday. It, college football was absolutely amazing it was one of the best college football saturdays we've had probably all year and um i got a lot of things wrong and college football giveth and college football taketh away and um, that's where we're going to start our saturday slate uh penn state at michigan um this was bad this was very bad. Um, Michigan controlled the line of scrimmage with ease. Um, I mean, they didn't even really have to throw when they did have to throw. Um, Penn State to get any type of pressure had to had to blitz. JJ McCarthy did 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 decently well. He did have that pick that was swatted. Um, and yeah, Penn State hung in the game early thanks to two big plays. Um, but anyone watching that game knew, like, hey, Michigan's dominating this. Um, if I was a smart person, I would have, when Penn State took the lead, I would have taken whatever, whatever uh, the spread was at that time. I would have thrown it on Michigan, um, but I didn't. And anyway, it was just bad all over. Uh, I, I don't think there was any good that can come from that uh type of game uh jay did you did you watch any of it yeah so i was watching from uh from the pittsburgh airport there the tgi fridays had the tv it was the only spot that had college football on for whatever reason uh it's pittsburgh they don't care about college football i mean yeah you know you know eat shit pit but uh it's (laughs) it's it was a fun like I texted you at one point and said vibe check, and that was like right after the pick six. But mm-hmm. like statistically, it was it was a blowout from yeah. like as, like even yeah. with the pick six there, like mm-hmm. Penn State led for a little bit, but statistically you looked at it and mm-hmm. Penn State didn't belong in the game with Michigan, no, and then Michigan not. Michigan pulled away, and it was just kind of a deal where yeah. you know Quorum was was running all over. I think I saw a statistic like Penn State had only. Uh, like allowed like 400 rushing yards up to this mm-hmm. point in the season. And then Michigan they, had like 250. Yeah. yeah. I think they doubled it by the end of the, by the end of the game. And Which you know, crazy. it's, it, it's. I, and also, I, I mean, I don't want to take anything. Obviously you're coming at this from the Penn state perspective, but mm-hmm. I think if, 
you're a Michigan fan, you have to be really happy. Yeah. Uh, and and then I think this again puts the national uh media on notice. Michigan is for real. Uh no, there's not a lot of fall off from uh from last year's team, I don't think. No, and no, that was the thing that I said. I I didn't think Michigan was that deep defensively. And I, I honestly I I still don't believe that they're a deep football team, but I do believe that they are very, very good. And they were rested the whole game. The defense was on the field, or sorry, the Michigan's offense was on the field pretty much the entire game. So they don't have to rotate defensive linemen really because everyone's still going to be fresh because you've given them so much time. Penn State's guys, yeah, are deeper, but they were freaking gassed. Absolutely gassed. And Here's the thing, because uh, listen, I, I was called an apologist. I was called a homer. I was called, uh, I have my head in the sand. And listen, I watched that game like any, every other Penn State fan. Okay. And yes, there are serious issues on in the front seven. There are serious issues on the front seven, especially with running the football. Um Offensive line looked like they took a step backward. Listen, I understand this. And, yes, it's something that needs to be fixed, and I do think it's something that they're addressing in recruiting. And everyone says, well, shouldn't they have addressed that years before in recruiting? Yeah, but you lost your entire defensive front from last year. Lost them all. And you lost uh, two depth guys. You lost two of your linebackers to the NFL on offense. You're, you're getting better on the offensive line, but you're not there yet. Your two best guys are a freshman and a sophomore. The, the um, freshman didn't even play because he got hurt in pregame warmups. So, well, how does this happen? How can you be a top 10 team and get absolutely blown out? Well, here's the thing. Penn State is not a playoff caliber team. And if you thought they were going into this season, I don't know what to tell you because they're not. They're not that great up front. Now, what are they good at up front? How were they able to get past Purdue, blow out Auburn? They're great pass rushers. They're all really good pass rushers, and they're a little bit undersized. They're quick. Against Michigan, that doesn't work. Because their offensive line is really freaking good and they're big and they're physical. And the defensive line got a little bit of push, got pushed back. And then you have the inexperienced linebackers who, towards the third quarter, fourth quarter, were just guessing because they got that push backwards. And now it's like, okay, where the hell am I supposed to go? Abdul Carter, really athletic, really talented dude, not scraping over the top, taking it inside. And then Edwards goes for a touchdown because you went zero coverage. And when you have zero coverage, you don't have that help anymore. Once it's once it's second level, if your linebacker doesn't hit doesn't <coughs> fill the gap, bam, he's gone. Yeah. So again, is it concerning? Absolutely is it concerning. But I'm not gonna be a Penn State fan that's gonna say well, the season's over. We just got our ass kicked against Michigan. We're total frauds. We're not good. Um, you know, th- this is it. You have one loss. I mean, you can't pack it in at this point. No, it's one loss. And, like, Jay, the thing that bothers me 
is that for the most part, the same people that are saying the season's freaking over. Um, you know, we always lose the Michigan. We always, you know, this is, it's a never, it's groundhogs day all over again. Or the same people that at the beginning of the, of the year said, yeah, this is probably a seven or eight win football team. So wait, wait, because, so now because you won a couple games, you weren't supposed to like the sliding expectation. Hey, AM does the same thing. You know, like, <laughs> Hey, we beat, we killed Auburn. We beat Purdue who is good away at their place. And so now, okay, you get killed by Michigan. Also, I think I've said this before, like I understand the James Franklin does not win against Michigan, Michigan state and Ohio state. I understand that, but like, look at it this way. His first two years were with recruiting classes under sanctions. I like to throw those two years out because of that. And he won seven wins both of those years. Okay. Since then, he's three and four against Michigan. Not good. I don't think that's correct. I think the more concerning one is he's three and three against Michigan State. And he shouldn't have any losses to Michigan State. That that right there, I will say that that is a concerning number. Ohio State, they're better than you. You came close a couple times, but they're better. Um, again, I think Michigan is a very good football team. They prove that they're better in the trenches and that's why they won the football game. But Penn state can still go 10 and two. And I'm sorry, but if you're going to say that 10 and two is mediocre and that I'm accepting mediocrity, because I think a 10 and two season with this roster is a very good year, then so be it. Call me a clown. Say that, you know, I accept mediocrity and I, I accept, um, I, I don't accept or demand the best. You can say all those things. I'm sorry. That's not how college football works. Okay. You be consistent nine and 10 wins, and then you hopefully something aligns so that you can make a run. LS, that's how LSU did it. Okay. That's how all these other programs do it outside of Alabama and even Ohio State and Clemson, they have both those fan bases get ticked off when they make the playoff and don't get in. We're the same thing except we're a step below. We're the same thing as Michigan, only Michigan is taking – it's Michigan's turn, okay? Next year, the year after, that's when you got to make your market for Penn State. This year is a momentum-building year. <laughs> you talk about, like, running coaches off, and obviously there's a different situation there. and uh, But, you know – OU's in the playoff, you know, every other year with Lincoln Riley, and then their fans are screaming about how he can't get to the next level. He can't win the big game, Jay. And then you see what happens now. Yep. Uh, Listen, we're, we're going to talk about another guy later on. It, oh, you and I hate him, okay? You and I don't like Brian Kelly. All these Notre Dame fans, thank God we're finally going to get a coach. Do you think – listen, he's terrible. He's a He's – Bad he's a human bad person. He's a bad person, but you you think Notre Dame fans are like, huh? Maybe we were okay with maybe we were okay with Brian Kelly, yeah. Nebraska and Bo Pelini. Okay, hopefully not, but Wisconsin and maybe Paul Chris. All right, Auburn, Gus Malzahn was eight wins, nine wins. No, we can do better than Gus. Okay, well now Brian Harson's going in his second year, and it looks worse. 
Be careful what you wish for, Penn, wish for Penn State. Jim Harbaugh, you think Michigan fans who wanted his ass gone? If if Rutgers makes a field goal, Harbaugh's gone at Michigan, no Big Ten title, and you're not in national relevance this year. It's not. Yeah. So, again, this is a – listen, last year Penn State underperformed. Underperformed, they went 7-5. and five. The problem with underperforming when you had a when you had a loaded defense because your offense sucked is now you're in a rebuilding year, and the the year prior you didn't have success, so now it looks even worse. Yeah, people, be patient. He hasn't done anything in nine years, dude. Yeah, last year sucked. COVID year was weird. And then the four years prior to that, he won 42 games in a Big Ten title, a Fiesta Bowl, and a Cotton Bowl. Wasn't that bad. Just, it's okay. Everybody breathe. Okay. Oh, one more thing before we move on. Oh, did you have something to say about it, Jay? Or No, nah, I mean, I was, I was going to transition gonna move on? us. Okay. One more thing. The most embarrassing thing the most embarrassing thing from the Penn State Michigan game, and yeah, it was real embarrassing that they got manhandled up front, is that the reports saying that Penn State players were on social media talking trash. That to me is the most embarrassing thing. Now I understand the there was a tunnel scuffle, and again, why why they still have those two t- those locker rooms next to each other, I don't know, but. You know, Penn State going in late or Michigan going in early, I don't know. But if Penn State's chirping after that first half, that to me is the most embarrassing thing from that game. And players on social media, that's something that James Franklin needs to fix quickly because I think that's the most embarrassing thing that came out of Saturday. (laughs) Now I'm done. Well, they have a chance to back uh, bounce back against Minnesota next week, and that's the next game we talk about, funnily enough. Uh, Minnesota and Illinois. So there, there's the transition. There's uh, the transition. I mean, for, I know there's some things that happened with Minnesota in this game. Tanner Morgan going out in the third. Uh, but Illinois just keeps finding ways to win. Mm-hmm. I, I bowl eligible. Bowl. I mean, we said. Bowl eligible. Brett Bielema, bowl eligible again. Um Listen, I did. I wrote. I just wrote my winners and losers blog. Um, Illinois was one of the winners there. Um, listen, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be pretty. It's just. It just has to work. And Illinois, kind of mucking it up, kind of like a Kentucky. And we're going to talk about Kentucky later. But like, they're they're going to play hard nosed defense. They're going to find um, little holes here and there. They're going to take what the defense gives them. Chase Brown and um, Chase Brown and Tommy DeVito, man, that's a nice little combination. Um, listen, do, do I think Illinois? Do I think Illinois is the fifteenth best team in the country? I think I think they're fifteen now, or sixteen. Do I think they're that good? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I do think they are. They should be ranked. I don't think they're going to win the West. I think Purdue beats them. Um, I think they probably lose somewhere else. But listen, Illinois going bowling and being relevant in the college football world is awesome. The Brett Bielema um, redemption tour has been quite fun to watch. 
So Illinois is 18 right now. 18, right. Okay, yeah, Penn State's 16, right. Um, yeah, I mean, eh, okay, that, that kind of fits. 18 to 20 range, again, I, I, just, I, think, I think they drop a couple games. But, dude, it, if you finished – if you're Illinois and you finish the year with – listen, two more wins. If they get two more wins and get eight, you have to be fired up. If you're Dude, the crazy thing is, is they should be undefeated right now. They that should, one loss right. is Indiana. Exactly. Oh my God. Could you like to, to have a game back to have a game back, man? Like Illinois is they're They're tough. They're a yeah. tough, scrappy team. Um, listen, Minnesota had a lot of, again, Tanner Morgan going down in the late in the third, I think it was late third or early fourth. Um, and plus here's the thing with Minnesota when Minnesota's down in games, it's it's tough for them to bounce back um, because that's just not how their offense is built. Uh, you know, Kirk Shiraka is a really good offensive coordinator, but he is built to take leads and then bleed, bleed, bleed clock, and it's tough for them. Um, you know, Mo Ibrahim is probably the best. Uh, listen, I just watched Blake Corum, you know, tear up uh, <laughs> the Nittany Lion defense. But Mo Abraham is also really freaking good, and yeah, if he was those... healthy, if he was healthy his whole career, he he'd have every. I think he'd be in a lot more people's Heisman uh, discussions. Yeah, I mean, it's Mo Ibrahim, uh, Blake Corum. You know, you look at Alabama and Jameer Gibbs. I think he's another guy that's a really good running back, and then Bijan Robinson from Texas. Oh, I mean, you know, obviously I want to throw my guy, Devon A-Chain, in there, but with good. the way with the, with the way the offensive line has played this year, he, I don't it's, think he's been able to show his best, so mm-hmm. I don't want to put him in that conversation yep. as, as much as I want to be a homer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Illinois keeps winning. Uh, for somebody that kind of bounced back this week, uh, Kansas at Oklahoma, uh, big, uh, big way to get back in the win column for Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, I think – we can say that Dylan Gabriel makes a huge difference for this Oklahoma team. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – listen, I mean, uh, I kind of saw this one coming from a mile – sorry, Jay. I saw this one kind of coming from a mile away, uh, how Oklahoma played last week. Kansas got, loses a heartbreak to TCU, played really tough, and then you're going to tell me Oklahoma's favored by nine after the performance they just put up against Texas. Um, yeah, Dylan Gabriel, uh, really good um, – I mean, Oklahoma's offense just kind of resurrected itself. Um, you know, Kansas though, Sling Bean had a decent game. He's hey, saw, I tell he's you solid. what, there's a lot of people that would be happy to have old Jason Sling Bean as their quarterback. Yeah, and you know, Kansas having two quarterbacks that are that are pretty dang good is is mm-hmm. awesome for that program. Uh, and I know it's not the result that Kansas wanted. Uh, you know, Oklahoma controlled the game. But Kansas never never gave up. I mean, they're still trying to rally there at the end of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen uh, Daniels I mean, would have made a difference. I think so. I think so. Absolutely would have, um, especially in a shootout. Especially in a shootout like that, you, you kind of need a little more offensive power. Um, but no, I mean, listen, Kansas, Kansas is another team, man. Listen, get to a get to a bowl, and they can get to a decent bowl. Just keep plugging away. It's not going to get any easier for Kansas. I think they are a good football team. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to end the year ranked. But I do think they're going to be a really good football team that's going to play in a bowl game that's going to really matter 
to them. And they're, they're still infinitely improved over the last few years. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you're a Kansas fan, you have to be excited about this. You have to be. The big beak helmets. I love those big beak helmets. Those That's, white ones. Oh, yeah. I Stick, freaking love them. Sticking in the Big 12, uh, Oklahoma State, TCU, what a game. This was kind of the start of the crazy, crazy, crazy games uh, from from this weekend's slate of, uh, of contests. I mean, what can you say, Max? I mean, you're probably going to say the same thing as I am. Max Duggan is just tougher than a $2 steak. Hacksaw Max Duggan. Oh, yeah, he... Tough guy. All right. Uh, yeah, dude, he is a freaking warrior. I love watching this guy play. And Sonny Dykes, listen, we were kind of, you and I were a little disappointed of the departure of Gary Patterson, you know, although things were kind of getting a little stale there. Um, but he's just been such a big figure. In, in he's been TV. synonymous with that program. Synonymous. That's the good word, synonymous. But, man, I – uh, Sonny Dykes has seemed like a total home run hire. This team was down 24-7 in the second, and they rallied. Defense started getting stops. Offense was just beautiful. The worst thing TCU did on Saturday, the worst thing, is they threw the orange in, in, their, um, in their uniforms. I hate that. Was what it the it, orange or the red? Is it red? Is it, I mean, is it is it were, did, were they wearing the? I wasn't playing too close attention. It looked to like jerseys. it looked like Halloween. It looked like Halloween. So maybe it was a little more orange. Uh, well, I think because they have those those helmets that have the red on them. Because uh, horned frogs, here's a little science for you can oh. can spit blood from their eyes. Is that uh, why they're red? And so that's why they put the red in in the in the jersey sometimes. Well, let me see is... if that's the. That's a. That's, it is a choice. It is a, cho- that is way, a choice. A choice. That's a piece of information that I did not know. I mean, I mean, I appreciate. Hey, we're teaching. We're teaching the people here. I appreciate the scientific thought, but so it is. I, it is the Reds. I'm not a. Fa- I'm not a fan of the Reds. Not a fan of the Reds. I'm sorry. Give me put that should be silver, to me. But, um, anyway, the, yeah, Max Duggan is such a gamer. Listen. Spencer Sanders had a decent game too, and I, that Oklahoma State offense did surprise me a little bit. Uh, I know everyone talks about Oklahoma State. Like, I think people still think it's five, six years ago where Oklahoma State just puts up fifty points a game, but like gives up sixty, um, and that's not who they are right now. And they are a decent, good. They have a solid defense. They have a good offense. They are a complete team. But TCU, man. Um, both of these teams. This would have been listen, if if the things didn't happen like the way they happened at the end of this college football Saturday, this would have been the game of the week. Yeah. By far. And it was what, maybe the third? Maybe second, but such a great game, great atmosphere down in Fort Worth. Um TCU gets another <laughs> big time win. Oklahoma State still get still a very good team. This this Oklahoma State team is uh, still very good. Um, just yeah, and they they get the chance to prove it next week because they they host Texas. Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Texas, dude. I mean, I don't know that we talked about it on here, but they uh they had a little scare against Iowa State. Iowa State's driving at the end of the game, and there's a uh, 
a no call on a on a fumble and targeting that you know I I don't think it was personally targeting because I thought it was shoulder to shoulder. I didn't think the knee was down on the fumble. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know if Iowa State if if Decker slides instead of kind of like just going down, I think Iowa State wins that football game. Who knows though? And they had a, they had a guy wide open at the end at the end, and it's yeah. just a little little too much. Probably could have caught it, but the throw wasn't. I mean. Well, he tried to jump when he didn't yeah, need to jump. He didn't need to, but that was that was a game that I only caught bits and pieces of. Um, listen, Texas is Texas is finding ways to roll too. Um, That's all that know. matters, man. They don't ask you how; they ask you how many. It, exactly, exactly. Um, let's let's shift over to the ACC. Um, NC State at Syracuse. Um, Syracuse controlled this football game. I, I know Devin Leary is out at NC State. But just looking at when Devin Leary was playing in games, I'm sorry. I was high on NC State. I don't think NC State – I don't think NC State – I think they're solid. I think they're decent. I, I, I don't think they're that great of a football team. I really don't. I think they're kind, they're kind of underwhelming this year. It's uh, honestly, I think it's pretty similar to the Kentucky team, uh, where they're just uh, solid defensively. Uh, they can definitely jump up and beat somebody with the talent and the way they execute defensively, but offensively, there's just not much going on. Uh, and you know, I think they're they can do things a little bit prettier than Kentucky does it, but it, it's just it's not the playoff contender that we thought NC State may be out of the no. ACC. No, it's it's not, and listen, I. Syracuse, another one of listen. I want to see Syracuse and Illinois in a bowl against each other because they're the same. They're literally the same team, orange and blue. Their styles are the same. I think uh, Syracuse is going to throw it around a little bit more, um, but they they just fi- they're just finding ways to win, and it's not pretty. All the Syracuse games are not pretty, just like Illinois. Not pretty, but they're they're getting it done. Um, I, I called uh, I called Syracuse the uh, the Justin Gaethje of college football this year. Gaethje just goes out there, gets punched in the face, gets rocked yeah. at least once every fight, mm-hmm. and then somehow pulls it into like just a sloppy slugfest where he wins. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, he may not be the title contender, but uh, he's going to make sure that you know you're in a fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just another team that it, another guy that just you know he mucks it up. Another another yep. program that just mucks it up and hey it's working it listen Dino Babers was on the hot seat they look they had that really good year they had eight wins and then they were trending down for like three and now another year now they're trending up again is this gonna again is this gonna be how Syracuse is they're gonna have a really good year once every four years and if you're a Syracuse fan are do you are you think that do you do you accept that do you just say hey Football is going to be fun once every four years. Um, and I think for Syracuse, I think that's okay. Get a little bit more stability. Um, listen, if you can get to six wins, every, like if you can get the six wins three years and then another year get eight or nine, if you're Syracuse football, then you keep Dino Babers. You keep him around and that'll be your MO and you'll be fine with that because your bread and butter is basketball anyway. And all it takes is one generational quarterback in one of those up years, and all of a sudden you're looking at 10, 11 wins. Exactly. So, 
and then they're gonna build a statue for him outside the uh, outside the <laughs> the Acushur Dome or what whatever it's called now. Uh, air condition right bowl right next to Jim Brown. Know. Yeah, exactly. I forget in Ernie. Right next to Jim Brown and Ernie Davis. I forget what that dome was called because it's not Carrier. Akersh- no, that's that's what Heinz is. I forget what the hell it is. But anyway, the that's dome okay. in Syracuse. The yeah. dome. That's the dome. Um, let's stay in the ACC. Um, man, I, I if Florida State got a couple more breaks their way, I would have won this bet, but that's not how it goes. Um, Clemson, I don't know. I, Florida State flirted with – with a lead, but then Clemson just kind of took it from them late. Yeah. Florida State did score a late touchdown, but um, the game was pretty much, pretty much kind of, you know, uh, out of reach at that point. Um, Clemson's morphing into Clemson. You know, I, we prayed on their downfall, and uh, it didn't happen. No, Dabo's voodoo magic <laughs> is back. Um, listen, all this talk about Miami and NC State, and listen, we were the same. We said the same thing. Hey, you know, NC State, Miami, you know. I also said Boston be, College, but we don't have to talk we, about that. Well, we we both said, hey, maybe a dark horse. They can mix things up in there. But, like, <laughs> Clemson is Clemson. This defense is really good. Hey, hats off to Florida State for at least, you know, putting up a fight on offense yeah. against Florida or against Clemson's um, defense. But Clemson's offense is starting. And I know and I, I know Florida State's defense isn't great, but like actually no, I think Florida State's defense is good. I would say they are. I say I'd say they're good. But Clemson's morphing into Clemson. They're they're morphing into who we thought they were going that they're gonna be. It's just crazy when you look at the divisional split in the ACC, you know, knowing that Clemson, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Florida State, NC State are all on the same side of the the league, and then the only team with a pulse right now in the coastal is is, is North Carolina, and they're I mean, not that good. No, they almost lost to Duke. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, I know. I know Duke's a, record. I know hey, Duke's that was another record. crazy game, by the way. <laughs> I know. I I think I have that in my notables later on. Maybe not, but anyway, like I don't you know. know. And, and maybe Pitt's not bad, but you know, I mean, uh, Pitt's not Pitt's not bad. I, I think I think Pitt is back to being average, and which like, is enough to win that division. To be fair, like, but it's every year, man. Like, I don't know. That's why the divisional thing has got to go somehow. Top two teams do a tiebreaker with them or something because it's just the the one because it's the the Atlantic. Wait, the Atlantic is the good one side of the ACC, right? Uh, yeah, the Atlantic is the side with Clemson, Syracuse, yeah. Wake and it's Forest, always the coastal. State. It's always yeah. the coastal. That's a dumpster fire. You know, I'm sorry. The Big Ten West isn't as good as the Big Ten East. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, my our Big Ten West friends. Um, it's not. It, I do think it's it's. I didn't want to get on this topic today, but again, <laughs> Big Ten West from top to bottom, it, the loads of parity. And you're gonna be in for a dogfight every week. There is no bad team, quote unquote. Well, maybe besides, yeah, no, Nebraska even has a pull sometimes. Okay, where the East, yeah, you have Rutgers and Indiana who are bad, but it's a lot more top heavy. Um, the the coastal is just, I don't know, it's bad all around. The Big Ten West, I believe the Big Ten West line up the top 
top to bottom, the Big Ten West would beat the the the, the ACC Coastal. I don't think it's even close. I don't disagree with you. But uh, no, you. That's why I think you just got to get rid of them. You, you got to get rid of the, the divisions because it's just, it's just not fair. It's it's just it, it really isn't. Um, <coughs> but no, Clemson's turning into Clemson, man. It's Dabo Sweeney is back with his sanctimonious voodoo that he bestills upon us all. Um, yeah. But hey, Florida State is trending in the right direction, though. Hundred percent. They're trending in the right direction. You, you got to be happy there. I mean, again, it, you're not going to be happy with the results right now, but you're there's they're trending upward. Um, Mississippi State, Kentucky, um, a nut, Kentucky, uh, mucking it up. That's pretty much the 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 theme, I guess, of this episode. Teams that muck it up, and Kentucky is that amazing defensive effort there for Kentucky. I mean, a really Great defensive effort. Um, Mississippi State had a pick six towards the end of the game. Corner. I don't know if it's all Will Levis's fault. I think that was a bad play call. Rogers. And... Will Rogers. Levis is uh is Ken- oh, Kentucky's good. quarterback. Yeah, didn't Kentucky Kentucky threw the pick six? No, no, no. Mississippi State threw the pick six. Are you sure? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. If it Kentucky was scored. Right. No, no, I do know Kentucky scored at the end. It was it was the 56-yard pick six. On the screen? Uh, let me double-check that. Double-check that, Jay. Because I, I swore I, I watched Will Levis throw, uh, tried to throw a bubble screen, and it was taken to the house. Like, right. late. Let's, let's check this score. Uh, they did both have interceptions. <laughs> I know, and I think I think were they both for touchdowns? Uh, no, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was Will Levis. My yeah. bad. No, it's all good. Um, it, listen, Jay. There's so much college football. We miss things. It happens. Um, and they're both named Will. That's my fault. And they're both named Will. Uh, yeah, cornerback jumped the bubble and took it to the house again. I don't know if you're going to blame Will Levis for that. Um, probably should have saw it, but he cornerback 100% baited him. Um, Kentucky, good run game. Really good defense. You're gonna win games. You're, but the problem is with Kentucky, you're capped out at about nine wins, maybe ten wins. Especially with uh, Tennessee emerging. Yeah, you're you're not gonna beat some of those teams that are more skilled, but you're gonna get nine wins. Yep. You're and and listen for Kentucky. That's good. Um, listen, I thought Mississippi State was gonna win this football game. I did, I did too. I, I I didn't put money on it, but I thought eh, Mississippi State's gonna win this one. I thought they'd have. I thought they'd do a little bit more offensively, and I thought again they're going to get down and Kentucky won't be able to come back. But hey, hats off to Mark Stoops and the boys. Big Blue Nation uh, gets another big win and and a a win they needed. They really needed that. Lost Will Levis, lost the game to South Carolina. Now, now they're kind of getting they're tr- getting back into their form. Um. So. Stanford and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame fans, you miss Brian Kelly yet? <laughs> Do you miss that horrible murderer person? Because, listen, I love Marcus Freeman. I do. I think he's a great guy, but I think he's a you know great coordinator. But first year, it's not looking great. 
No. And there's always going to be some turnover with everything going on with the transfer yeah. portal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, give them time. It, it's still not not easy. I mean, you know, we said this like we don't like Brian Kelly personally, but he was a good football coach there, and you know mm-hmm. he's he's probably going to be successful at LSU. And unfortunately, as much as I hate it, uh, Stanford, you know, has they've had a run of near misses, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they've been kind of close to getting wins and. You know, it's big for that program to finally kind of get over that hump and get a victory. But Notre Dame with losses to, to Marshall and to, to Stanford right now, and neither one of those teams look particularly good. It's not, oh. not how you want the season to, to go. Marshall looks looked bad. I mean, Marshall, like, before the Notre Dame game looked pretty good, but then, man, they've looked bad. And listen, I love Charles Huff. This is a Charles Huff podcast. Okay, love Charles Huff, but not looking uh, thundering herd, not looking great right now. But hopefully they can, um, hopefully they can kind of right the ship. Um, also, uh, so the game was on Peacock. Jay, have you watched a game on Peacock yet? So the only thing I've used Peacock for is uh, Premier League, okay. uh, English Premier League, which is great broadcast. It is. Is it a great broadcast for for the Premier League? Yes. Uh, it's I also actually, football. you know what? I I do have to confess that I use it for for WWE on occasion as well. Okay. Uh, they're awesome. they're they're not pay per views anymore. They're premium live events uh, that are only oh. available on Peacock. So you can, but no, 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 you, as long as you have the subscription to uh, to Peacock, you get to watch like WrestleMania and all that shit for free. Yeah. So really, it's not do a bad you let, investment. Do you get like the old ones too? Uh, I don't know if you do or not. I don't know if you have the library. I'd have to check. Okay. Because I'm not because... I'm not like the huge like i'm more of casual i just like to watch the royal rumble every year you watch the big uh not to get into the rest a wrestling podcast but you watch the big four yeah you watch royal wrestlemania royal rumble survivor series and SummerSlam. SummerSlam. yeah you watch the big four yeah there's nothing wrong with that um but so i watched a little bit of this well i shouldn't say a little bit i i watched i watched the game this morning so i didn't watch it live so i knew stanford i knew stanford won so I'm watching this game on Peacock, and I'm like, this broadcast is not good. I don't know who the guy was, and poor him, because it sounds like it's just it's just him in the booth. And then there's no ambiance of it. There's they, no they atmosphere. Have, they still have like the Peacock game and then also the NBC game, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I don't know. See, I watched this on Peacock. So I think I, I think they have NBC. both still. Do they? I should have watched. Yeah, because I, I watched it. I watched when I checked in. It was on NBC. Okay, I should have checked that because, like, I watched it on Peacock, and I'm like, this broadcast is not good. Like, it's there's no there's no like I said, there's no atmosphere. Yeah. It's like it's and again, this is no disrespect for people who call division. Again, I I, I play the lowest level of college football. There there is no demand, and. I feel like I was watching one of my games on like ESPN three with, you know, the, 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 with the radio guy calling play by play. Like that's, that's literally what it sounded like because uh, it was like, it was an empty stadium. You it, just expect a different product whenever it's, yeah. you know, the division one football. Exactly. And a, like and a team like Notre Dame. Exactly. Like it didn't feel and again, I know it's Notre Dame versus Stanford, but like, 
it didn't feel like a major program. It what didn't feel like a major program was playing football because the the um the, the broadcast was just it was just I don't know, it was just bland. It was just really bland. But um Marcus Freeman uh definitely has his work cut out for him. Um Jay, I, I don't I don't know if I want to say it, but like sometimes your your favorite coordinator can be a really good coordinator and he at the same time not be a great head coach. Dana Holgerson. Probably, yeah. One of the first ones that comes to mind. Yeah, probably I mean again, like I think Marcus Freeman, I love the energy Marcus Freeman brings. I love him as the face of Notre Dame. And the thing is the thing too though is Notre Dame is recruiting better. I think under Freeman than they were under, under Kelly. Really, you think so? Yeah, with some of the stuff that I've seen, I mean, who knows if that so, momentum will stay? But well, that's the thing, you know. And again, I think Notre Dame fans definitely have to be patient, and I think they are. I, I think I know there's a lot of casuals in there that are probably like, "What the hell is this?" But I think you should be patient. Um, give them a couple years and, and see how it turns out. Um, I love him as I love Marcus Freeman as the face of a pro as the face of the program. I love Marcus Freeman as a person. Definitely better height, definitely high high character, higher character than than Brian Kelly. But I, it's just right now, it's just not good. I don't want to say he's over his head. I think that's really tired um, because if he was a head coach somewhere else and he had the same results, you know, we'd be saying, Oh, we got to give him more time. And I think Marcus Freeman deserves that respect too. So give Marcus Freeman some time. It's not good right now. Um, Obviously this team would have been better under Brian Kelly for now, but we'll see in the long run if Marcus Freeman actually is um, better for Notre Dame football. We'll see. Um, Okay. Last two games that we're going to talk about more in detail. Um, let's talk about, so we'll save pack 12 after dark for the last. That's going to be our encore here. This is going to be the final song of the, of the recap. Um, man, if I didn't hate that fan base, that would have been one of the coolest things. One of the coolest atmospheres i've ever seen in college football and i don't crazy. hate the fan base so i can say that it was awesome to see uh you know just everything coming out of knoxville was incredible uh you know that place was going nuts the whole game the crowd was into it it was a the game of the saturday i think oh, uh, absolutely how can it not be you know some people may have different opinions just because of various things but uh <laughs> Uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, I mean, fantastic back and forth. So many incredible performances by guys in this game. Uh, Hendon Hooker, obviously you have to tip your hat off to him. Hyatt, incredible performance, star making performance from him at receiver, uh, on that Bama side. I mean, Jameer Gibbs and and Bryce Young still had an incredible performance. Bryce Young, that's one of the gutsiest performances I've seen from a quarterback in a while. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. banged up. He's playing through it and kept Alabama in this game. I don't think Alabama's in this game if if Milrow was playing. No, and that's no disrespect to Milrow. It's just the the performance that Bryce Young had and Mm -hmm. the intensity of Tennessee's offense 
And I mean, there's so many things that are on the internet about, dude, this was definitely a release of 15 years of losing oh to God. their rival. Oh my and God. you felt every bit of it. Oh, absolutely. Listen, and then, listen, and then the fact that it goes down and, you know, Alabama has a chance to kick it to win the game and then they don't get it. Then Tennessee gets the ball back and is I able thought, to score. I thought the same thing. I was like, not a kick. I, I knew it wasn't going to be a kick six moment, but I was like, wait a second. I was like, with how Tennessee's offense is, if they miss this, Tennessee could very well win this football game. Like I had, like as Alabama's lining up, I'm like, like this isn't like if he misses this, like it's overtime is not guaranteed here because Tennessee's offense, it may be the best offense in college football right now. I wouldn't be surprised. It might be the best offense in college football right now. It is definitely the, it is definitely the biggest or the best big play threat offense in my mind. Yeah. Hyatt. And then you have Hendon hooker, Again, he's he's this is his last this is his last go around. I think he's like 23, 24. I think he's 24 years old. Um and man, he is having such a big year, you know, um you know, he started at Virginia Tech, now he's at Tennessee and people were kind of saying like, "Wait, man, why are you going to Tennessee? They're 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 they've been down. They're going to get your ass kicked in some with some of these SEC teams." And fine I don't want to jinx it. But after the coaching carousel that has taken place at Tennessee, I think they finally found. I think they may have finally found their guy in Josh Heupel. Yeah, I mean, I'm always rooting for Josh Heupel. I, I don't know if I've told the story on here no. or not, uh, but I was an OU fan growing up. Right. So one of my first memories was him winning the national championship in 2000, uh, and you know. Fast forward, uh, when I'm getting recruited in high school, Josh Heupel was at Oklahoma and was my area recruiter. No way. So I go up to visit Oklahoma for a junior day, and they take us to a basketball game. So I'm sitting there chatting with Josh Heupel the whole time. And as a kid that grew up an OU fan, it's kind of a wild experience. But I, I've always thought he's a he's a great mm-hmm. guy. And you know him being one of my childhood favorites, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool to see him successful over there at Tennessee. Uh, and I mean, that offense is just unreal, right? The That's offense really was good, good last year. Mm-hmm. It's on another level this year. Uh, and I think Tennessee's a, a real threat to Georgia in the East. It's a, they're, they're a real threat that I think the problem with, with Tennessee is going to be their defense. I think eventually that's going to catch up with them. Um, especially, listen, some days your offense isn't clicking, and you got to win. You got to win games when it isn't. And I, I just don't know if the offense isn't clicking one day, is the defense going to be able to save them? But like you said, this was a 15-year release. This was a years of being. Uh, this is years of pr- just hoping for a New Year's Day ball. This is years of, you know, being slightly above average and then you want to take like above average, but you want to take the next step and then you end up go, you end up being below average for years. And now you've, I think you finally, you I think you've may have finally found your guy in Josh Heupel. I didn't know that story about you, Jay. And honestly, like that puts a little bit of a soft spot for Josh, Josh Heupel. I still hate their fans. I'm not taking that back. Understandable. 
It would be I pretty funny root- if he ended up back at OU, though, huh? <laughs> Stop it. Are you going to start putting that out there? You going to start putting that out there? No, no, no. Listen. Never. Listen. Can you imagine how mad? <laughs> they would probably be over Lane, huh? Wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't happen to a better fan base if that happened. If dude, if that happens, if that happens, I will be Boomer soon. I, I will big. I will buy a Boomer Sooner shirt. Um, if Josh Heupel ever goes to Oklahoma, uh, but listen, he seems like a really genuine person. Again, um, listen, that offense is really good. I think the defense is going to catch up to him. But man, watching Saban having a conniption on the sideline was. Oh my God! Like fantastic, unreal, dude. And that's the thing about this Alabama this team this year. It's been so much more on discipline than we've seen in years past. I mean, they've been penalized yeah. at such a higher clip. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, I, special teams. Hats off special, to Tennessee, though. Huh? Yeah, their special teams like weren't that great either. Um, also, again, wrote a blog of my winners and losers. I did not put Alabama in my losers category for my blog, but I did put Alabama fans. Okay, you have been you've had a stranglehold on college football for what 13, 14 years? Okay, since 2000, 2008, I think, or 2007, 2000, 2007. Yeah, like around there. No, 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 2008. 2008, they lost to Utah, I think. I want to say 09. So 09, 09, I think, was the first night. Okay, so 13 years, you've had a stranglehold on this freaking sport. Everybody wishes they were your your program. Everyone wishes they were you. Everyone wishes they had your coach. Like you are the golden goose of college football. Everyone wants to be you. Tennessee wins one game in 15 years against you. And I know it's a rivalry. And these people lost their freaking minds. Like the refs were for Tennessee. Um this and that, that was, I'm like, oh my well, God. Part of that's because Alabama's used to getting all the calls. But like, honestly I don't though. I don't believe that, but that's. I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. I just think that better team, better teams get, better teams get more calls. That's just yeah. how, that's how psyche works. That's just how it is. But like, <laughs> dude, you, they could have literally been like, hey, all right, you got us. Like you won one time in 15 years, you know, hey, you beat us. Hats off to you. And like. They were angry about this, like yeah. angry. Sky is this. falling. The sky is falling. Oh, we lost to A and M last year. Then we lost to Tennessee. We're all. I saw this. Oh my god! And I wish I I wanted to take a screenshot of it and freaking send it to literally every single program, every representative of a program. We always lose a game we're supposed to win. And like again, Jay, you probably hear that from Texas A&M people, okay? I hear that with Penn State people. Guess what? That's college football. Like, it's also when you're the favorite in every game. You're yeah, you're about and to you lose, lose anything. <laughs> yeah, like, but like what I'm saying is every year, like, and I know like across the country, every if you talk to anyone. What what's a one gripe about your football coach? And they'll say, We always seem to lose a game we're supposed to win. That is college football. You're it's gonna happen. More times than not, it's gonna happen. Michigan last year had the best year they've had since 
uh, since they probably since the last time they won the Big Ten championship, and they lost to Michigan State, a game they should have won. Ohio State loses to Iowa one year. They lost to Penn State the one year they shouldn't have beat. They should. Ohio won. State lost to Virginia Tech the year they won the national championship. And exactly. Tech was six and six. Exactly. Like this happens all the time, and it, it again, it just happens. I, I don't understand it. I can't explain it. Some t- some days it happens. Um, but Alabama fans, man, just relax. Like it, it's it's okay. Like, you have how many national titles? You're you're the best program. You're one of the greatest dynasties ever. Like it's hard to be consist a consistent ten win team in college football every year. It is very hard to be that. And Alabama, like, does it like it's walking and chewing gum. That's how easy it is for Bama right now. I mean, yeah, they lost. They didn't They didn't smoke the cigars, but it's okay. And also, Tennessee fans, enjoy it. It looked like a lot of fun. Dude, I mean, it, it would have it, been incredible to have been there, uh, taking the – the the goalpost down to the the Mississippi River if you're Jake or Tennessee River, River if you're anyone else <laughs> to the Mississippi River and throwing it in I thought they were gonna take it to Calhoun's on the river um, the bar <laughs> that's that's right by the stadium I thought they were gonna take it to there um, but dude dumping it into the the Tennessee River listen I'm just gonna lean into that I just <laughs> that's all you can do but anyway they dumped it in the Tennessee River like that was awesome. Listen, uh, listen, I still hate that fan base. I hate it so much. I really do hate them. But they wanted an atmosphere, um, and it was really fun watching all of those clips. So, Tennessee, I hate I hate you so much. But hats off to you. Um, you guys look really good, and – what what a what an atmosphere and what an ending it it looked people say all the time it looks straight out of a movie i think it's people say that too much that looked straight out of the movie especially the guy riding the goalpost that was pretty sweet too incredible so, yeah, absolutely incredible that's that's why we love the sport um last game the encore so like so just like a classic rock band let's I don't know. Let's call it the uh, Rolling Stones, Alabama, Tennessee. That was the last song, Satisfaction. But USC and Utah, that's the encore, okay? That's the encore. That's like Sympathy for the Devil or, you know, something like that. Or You Can't Always Get What You Want or something like, you know. That's the encore. And the encore was... (laughs) Really freaking good too. USC at Utah. The Utes get a much needed win. Um, they did not cover, which I uh, they didn't cover. I was hoping for overtime so they could cover. But the balls, the giant freaking gagoons of Whittingham to go for two at the love end. Love that call. Love that. Loved call. it. Loved it. If I didn't bet on it, I loved it. And Listen, an emotional, an emotional game. Uh, tribute to Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe on, on, on the, the helmets. Helm, pictures yeah. on the helmets. Both offenses put on a freaking clinic. Now, I know both defenses are bad. 
both these defenses are bad. Um, the over was one of the easiest things I've ever bet on. Um, but Caleb Williams for USC, 381 yards, five passing touchdowns, five, five. Um, Cam Rising, 415 um, yards, two passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Um, leading the leading Dude. rusher for Utah and, with 60 and yards. And Cam Rising running the ball at the end of the game on both Great. the touchdown and the, the two-point conversion. Just an incredible mm-hmm. performance. Gutsy as hell. It's uh, – listen, Tennessee – or sorry, uh, Tennessee. I got Tennessee on the brain now. Uh, Utah, their defense – is not good, but man, that offense is fun to watch. It's perfect for the Pac-12. They can get away with it in the Pac-12, but I do think that it's just such go, a shift from the old Utah identity, which was defense. Yeah, tough, hard defense, special teams, the whole thing, and now it's they're gonna freaking they're gonna run and gun. Um, I love I love watching Utah. I do. I hey, that's hey, that that place was rocking too. Let yeah. me tell you. That what they were, and you know USC got out to a little bit of like a forty nothing lead to start. And I was like, oh no! I said, like, what? I said, what is this? I'm like, come on! And Utah just fought their way back. Um, I I do enjoy watching this Utah team play. I I do I do pull for them. I do I do I. Uh, I think they're I'm an easy team to pull for. They are. They are an easy team to pull for. Um, but just very emotional. What looking at Cam Rising after the game. You know, um, I think that was one of those great oh, moments. Oh, and, and in Kincaid, mm-hmm. uh, the the tight end from Utah. Make sure mm-hmm. we give him a shout out because, I mean, he was fantastic. What a Absolutely. game by him! Absolutely amazing. Um, but just, it's like that's how it should have ended. You know, you have a tribute like that, and the helmets, and yeah, the, that place was jacked up. You know, USC is trying to make a comeback, and they're. But even though they're still trying to make a comeback, like they're still Goliath in the Pac-12, you know, yeah. like USC is still Goliath. And, and Although, Utah. hey, I'm sure we'll get into it in the preview, but there's another matchup this weekend that's going to be pretty Goliath-like. Oh, it is. It is. We will get there. But Utah, though, um, man, hell of a win. Kyle Winningham is, you know, defensively not not great, but that that's a good football team gutsy win cam rising is a freaking star man he he is absolutely amazing um, just a great a great end to college football saturday um some other notable games uh georgia southern beats james madison james madison with the classic we're ranked for the first time and we're gonna drop the next game Yep. And, Welcome uh, to FBS. <laughs> it's funny. I, I texted you this uh, yep. yesterday, but it was like I actually had Georgia Southern money line in this game as my upset special of the week, and it was the first time I didn't send it to you. But I had it my uh, my Arnold against the spread over there on good mm-hmm. good blonding. <laughs> so yep. uh, there's just something about this. I mean, these guys are old FCS rivals. I mean, these teams used mm-hmm. to beat the hell out of each other, and. Uh, it felt like uh, one of those games yeah. where James Madison is ranked. There's so much mm-hmm. hype around them, and then Georgia Southern is kind of sitting there. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're a good team. They beat Nebraska earlier this year. Uh, not somebody to sneeze at, and you mm-hmm. know, we saw He's what ha- what can happen. The the Magic and Paulson, they called it. The old the old FCS rivalries are going to be so good. Georgia Southern, James Madison, App State, Georgia State. Georgia State, 
all these Marshall. old F- eh, Marshall's well, still Marshall wasn't, FBS. But, but they were but FCS. Still being in, being in that division. Yes. yes, right. But I love that all these really good FCS teams are making the jump and it's like they're they're keeping all that history between each other. You know? Like it's a big deal. Georgia Southern versus James Madison. Like that is a big deal. That was an old FCS like kind of rivalry. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, that's going to be something to keep your eye on for the, for the next ye- the coming years. Um, Colorado, yo, hats off to the Colorado fans, man. They showed up at Folsom and they <laughs> had a win feels. against Cal. Like we said last week, like, like at least like, I think we said, we don't think Colorado has much of a chance because Cal does something well. Cal plays defense, and hey, I, Colorado I did say, found a way. You know my thing here. The thing that I always bring up, elevation. Elevation. <laughs> the elevation got to him. Um, but, yeah, Cal uh, or Colorado, big win, storm the field. Let the kids storm the field. Don't be the old man. Ah, that one win, they're storming the field. Ah, screw you. That was a hell of an environment. Colorado needed it. Um, but, yeah, Colorado gets their first win. Um, Arkansas handles BYU pretty pretty well. Like, I don't think Ar- Arkansas, there was ever any doubt Arkansas was going to lose that game. Makes me feel a little bit better about AM's win over Arkansas, to be honest. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, BYU just, uh, I think once they lost that game to Oregon, they kind of – may have not felt like they were playing for as much this year. Uh, yeah. Because I think they had I think they had a little bit of an outside hope at at going mm-hmm. to uh, a really nice bowl game or uh, right. ending up even as a playoff dark horse contender just with the schedule because Notre Dame was on the schedule, Arkansas was on mm-hmm. the schedule, but losing that game to Oregon uh, after a big one against Baylor to start the year was just kind of a – a nail in the coffin for them. And no. they just haven't really looked like the same team since. No, absolutely. Um, they, they just struggled defensively. I think that was just a really good matchup for Arkansas. Um, Sparty, with some trickery, uh, beats Wisconsin. Um, I mean, I think they needed that. Sparty needed that. Um, Wisconsin, I don't know. The, well, we're going to see how good Jim Leonard is. Yeah, um, James or James James Leonard, I should say James Leonard. Uh, Jim's Jim's James, same thing, right? Jim James, James Jimothy. Leonard, uh, James Leonard, this first loss, <laughs> big time, Timmy Jim, big time, Jim Jim, Jim Jim, uh, Jim Leonard. Um, I don't know. Uh, again, I got bits and pieces of this. Uh, Sparty needed that, but again, Wisconsin doesn't throw the ball, so that kind of goes right into Michigan State's hands. Um, but still, overtime. Um, Graham Mertz, a little bit of magic, but uh, magic ran out towards the end. Uh, LSU over Florida. Brian Kelly gets another win. I have a take also for this next week that I'm going to unleash. Um, I don't think it's that uncommon, but I'll uh, I'll save it for a little bit. But yeah, LSU beats Florida. A um, little bit of trouble in paradise in Florida. I guess it's not really paradise because they're kind of on the rocks. But you had a, one of the players saying, F this team, sending something. Apparently, yeah, apparently that's like a walk-on. Uh, what, what it's always told. the walk-on. It's always the, it's always the <laughs> players that like do the bare, bare minimum 
and it's always the players that are like on the outside. Like, so man, I, I, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't I pay too much attention to that. <laughs> okay, all right, that makes me feel a little bit better because I like Billy Napier. I really yeah. do. And also, um, I mean, we knew that was going to be a whole cultural rebuild after. Oh, absolutely. Uh, after after uh, Dan, Mullen. Dan Mullen. Yeah, that's why I'm scared of Dan Mullen going places because, like, yeah, you, you might win football games, but also it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a. a your cultures might be in question a little bit, um, but it, that was a good, good uh, bounce back win for LSU absolutely. after they got, you know, their teeth kicked in by Tennessee, which to be fair, that loss looks a little bit better now. Yes, it does. Um, and then I'm glad you added this to our, to yeah, our I, I wanted to make sure I put it in here. Cause mm-hmm. uh, ECU, I, I was Memphis. watching this game in the midst of that USC Utah thriller mm-hmm. for overtimes up there. ECU's homecoming, uh, Holt Nailers. I mean, Dude, back and forth. I still don't like the two point conversion thing, but I hate it. I absolutely it was, hate it. It was a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I absolutely freaking hate it. They gotta get rid of it because that it it shouldn't be that. It really shouldn't. It again, we we've gone through what they should do with the with the um with the overtime rolls, so we're not gonna get into it uh, again, but. Yeah, it, it needs to change. It, it's it's got to go back, or it's got to be modified. It cannot be this um, shootout type of deal. But hey, ECU, my uh, ECU future is looking better and better by the day. Um, so yeah. no, no quarter, baby, no quarter. Um, all right. Um, actually, we're gonna go. We're gonna go right into the preview here for Week Eight. Um. Starting things off, Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is set at 50. Jay, I'm going to watch where this initial line goes, but I I think I think Clemson beats them, and I think Clemson humbles Syracuse. I, I think so, too. Uh, I think Florida State and Wake Forest are both better teams than Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I just think Syracuse has uh, not faced the level of competition uh in in their division yet i mean obviously the big win over purdue was great purdue's a tough team uh you know they've taken care of business against louisville and virginia i think yeah but there, there's nothing that sells me on syracuse being able to compete with clemson yet uh mm-hmm. i do like the under in this one because i do think syracuse is a decent defensive team but uh mm-hmm. I, I like clemson to cover clemson's gonna jimmy and joe them to death yeah they're going to Jimmy and Joe him to death. Um, all right. Um, Kansas at Baylor. Baylor minus nine. God, I want to take Kansas so bad. Oh, I just – I want to take him so bad. But I, I think Baylor – I think everyone's going to jump on Kansas again because of Baylor's loss to West Virginia last week. And I just think – I just think Baylor's more talented again. I may wait on the line to move a little bit here. Uh and see what happens because if I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, the money comes in on Kansas and all of a sudden it's Baylor minus seven. And then I kind of jump in on Baylor, uh, but we'll, we'll see how much it moves. Uh, next game up, stay in the big 12, my honorary West Virginia Mountaineers traveling to Lubbock. Hey, Hey, our, I'm, I still, they still, oh, yeah, you lived in Morgantown. I yeah. lived there for four years, man. And I, even though, listen, me being a Penn state guy, 
the old people tell me I'm not supposed to like West Virginia. Same thing with West Virginia fans. They're like, yeah, the old people tell me I'm not, I'm not supposed to root for Penn state, but listen, I got a soft spot for them. I do. I really do. Um, they're four point dogs going into Lubbock and I don't think I'm going to bet on this game at all. I mean, I tell everybody Lubbock is such a wild, weird place mm-hmm. uh, for going football. To tortillas. Things don't make sense there. Uh, I don't like betting on games in Lubbock. I wouldn't be surprised regardless how this goes. No, I listen. Uh, listen, if if West Virginia can win again, that that's going to be huge for Neil Brown and company because um, that would be win number four, correct? I think so. Yeah, it'd be win, they'd be four and three. So it would be huge. I, I hope it happens. I don't know, though. Listen, um, what's their Texas Tech's coach, McGuire? Yeah, Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire. He's doing good stuff there, too. Um, so we will we will see. That's a very intriguing matchup. I That's one That's one. It's it's going to be nice to just kind of kick back and kind of just watch. Absolutely. Um, Texas at OK State. Um, Oklahoma State as a three-and-a-half-point home dog um, against Texas. This is another one that I just don't have a read on. Again, Oklahoma State has lost two very close games. Um, you know, Texas, you know, won a close one against Iowa State, blew out Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know. I want to I want to take <laughs> Oklahoma. I want to take the pokes here. I do want to take the pokes, but I'm, I'm not confident on it. I I'm going to take the horns just because I think they play their level of competition and they'll be up for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably a solid pick there. Um, Mississippi state at Alabama. Um, I am very close to playing this line. I, I really want to take Alabama minus 21 and a half. So it's really unfortunate for Mississippi state. Last year, they caught Alabama off of the loss against A&M. This year, they catch Alabama off the loss to Tennessee. If Lounge Dog, if you ever listen to this podcast, uh, I know how miserable you feel about getting Alabama after a loss every time, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's bad. It's like Again, it's like being the team that has to play the team that just fired their coach. Like It's, it's never good. Al- Man, poor Mississippi State. Um, I also think Alabama matches up well against Mississippi State. Mississippi State's going to try and throw the ball over the yard, and I think if Alabama shuts them down, Alabama is going to be able to score at will against Mississippi State's defense. Um, yeah, I kind of like the Crimson Tide minus 21 and a half there. Um, okay. Next game is the one I'm going to talk about here. Okay. What are your thoughts on Ole Miss? No idea. I, I think, honestly have no idea. I think Ole Miss is the most overrated team in the country. And it's not their fault. I mean, you play the teams you're supposed to play. I think they're a good football team. I do not think they belong in the top 10. I think TCU and UCLA are much better than them. Um, I think they're kind that, of an enigma, though. Eh, I don't – again, I think as far as all the undefeated teams go of, of the Power Fives, I think they are – they might be the worst out of all of them, unless I'm forgetting someone. Um, I think Ole Miss – Syracuse. 
No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll put Ole Miss over Syracuse. Yes. I'll put Ole Miss over Syracuse. You said undefeated teams. I know. No. And they they are. And they, Syracuse is a power five team for now. They are a power five. (laughs) Um, But I just, I, I'm not buying this Ole Miss. I'm really not. Um, I, I think, I think they lose to LSU this weekend. I'll be in Baton Rouge this Saturday uh, for this game. I don't know that I'll be at the game yet or not. But, uh, you know, when I'm visiting cities of opposing teams, the home team has won every time this year, so I'm taking LSU. I I would also <laughs> take LSU in this one. I'm not high on Ole Miss, like, at all. I'm really not. Um, again, I think they're a good football team. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're top top 20. Top 20, I think. They're a top twenty team. I, I think they're going to start losing a couple games. They're they're going to be losing games here pretty soon. Um, this is the one that game day is going to UCLA at Oregon. Oregon, a five and a half point home favorite. Chip Kelly going back to Eugene. I know, and mm, I don't know. I'm staying away from this one. I'm looking forward to watching it though. Oh, it's going to be great. Chip Kelly's return. Um. I think I want to take Oregon. I don't know. I don't know. Like last week, I loved the freaking spreads last week, and I think I went four and three. Um, I, I'm not loving the spreads here. I, I I think Oregon wins this football game. I think this is going to be the season-defining game for Oregon. Oregon wins. Um, UCLA not undefeated anymore after this weekend possibly. And oh, UCLA is a good football team. I really like USC. They struggle a little defensively, but DTR – uh, you know, Charbonnet, they have a good tight end. They and DTR versus Caleb Williams is going to be a lot of fun later in the year. It, that, that it is. Do they, yeah, they play, do they play that on rivalry week or they play it? The no, because I, I think Notre Dame and, UC, and USC, USC play rivalry, play rivalry week. week. Yeah. So they'll play, I think the week before them, but no, yeah. I like, um, they, they, again, another fun one to watch. Um, your, your Ags, uh, gig them. Uh, Texas A&M at going to William Bryce, um, South Carolina Gamecocks are three and a half point dogs against Texas A&M. Um, I want to say Texas A&M wins this football game. I do, but I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't Shane trust Be- this team at all this year. Uh, Shane Beamer, I like Shane Beamer man, a lot. Shane Beamer is again, Shane Beamer is a good coach. I just don't think he has the pieces quite yet. Um, I don't. A and M definitely has the Jimmys and Joes here, uh, but I mean they just haven't put it together this year. The thing is, like I know Texas A and M is a better team. I just don't know what version of the team we're going to get. Uh, they're coming off the bye week, but so is SC. So so I don't. Know. I have a question I'm, to you about the I'm, bye. I'm week. going to A and M by a field goal. Okay, I have a question to you about the bye week, and I actually I have a question to you about practice in um, in general. And again, you played major college football. I, I I didn't. I played very low level college football, but and and I coached it. And I just got to ask you something. Like, do you believe sometimes like the vibe at practice doesn't always translate to a game because like. I just remember a, a, a few times in instances where you can have a like a flawless week of practice, like everything is absolutely great, and then you go out in a game and 
just get your ass kicked again very similar to the kind of penn state the whole penn state michigan that's why i was like kind of rethinking it this weekend but like have have you ever like honestly have you ever experienced that where like you've had a flawless week of practice and then you go get into the game and then just everything goes wrong yeah uh we had maybe the best week of practice of our you know my time at a&m before we played alabama in 2014 mm-hmm. and we lost 59 to 0 <laughs> and there's no there's no I mean just everything went wrong turnovers mm-hmm. couldn't get a stop on defense missed tackles mm-hmm. I mean we were we felt incredible after that we could practice and then we go in there and it's just the vibes were completely wrong mm-hmm. for the situation so no and uh, I, that's happened like that's yeah. happened to me as a coach that's happened to me as a player um and like also like because one concerning thing about James Franklin is the bye week. He he is like three and six after the bye. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's like? Do you think there's more rust as far as rest, or I don't know. I think it depends, right? And like A and M's been dealing with injuries, so this bye week may be You're something right. really good uh, mm-hmm. for them. And I, I think Jimbo's actually been better off of bye weeks too. Uh, than than we were in the past, but you know it's it's kind of a crapshoot. I think you should theoretically be better out of the bye week, but this is one of those weird deals where it's bye week versus bye week. So yeah, no, who knows? No, I get it. I just it's just one of those things where it's just rough. That like your team always seems to be bad after a bye, and then like reading things this weekend with Penn State, it's like oh they were better. They they did. Um, like they changed things up with the buy. They were a lot more attentive as far as like, I guess, I don't know if they didn't do less self scout, but they did more scout opponent type thing and fine tuning things and stuff like that. And it still looked completely terrible. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think sometimes where like practice goes, there sometimes is no rhyme or reason to some of like your thoughts and like, we feel really good going into this game and everything should be good. And then you go out and lay an egg. It's just one of those things. That, and i tell you what, flip side of that, I've been a part of, again, coach and player, been a part of some like terrible weeks of practice. And then you go play a game and then like every, like you just play out your ass. Everything goes right. Like do, again, now did you ever get the flip side? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like when we upset Auburn that same 2014 year. Auburn was like number two at the time. We'd go on the road and we had had a bad week of practice. Uh, a like, lot of guys missing time with injuries, and then you get mm-hmm. into the game, and all of a sudden everything just goes perfectly. It's just how, like, again, there's no rhyme or reason. It's uh, it's incredible. It's it truly is. Um, all right, let's go to again. I know I threw my Penn State agenda in there for a little bit, and we're gonna continue with it. Because we have the whiteout, uh, Penn State, or sorry, Minnesota goes to Penn State for the whiteout game of the year. Uh, Minnesota, uh, a little down, uh, four and two. They were kind of had a little bit higher expectations this year with a lot of guys returning. Uh, Penn State is only a five point favorite, got their you know, ass kicked against Michigan. And. Minnesota is kind of like Diet Michigan, okay? Uh, we don't know if Tanner Morgan is, is going to be playing in this game. Um, their backup is a, a dual-threat guy. Um, but this is a game where, again, Minnesota's going to try and run the football with Mo Ibrahim. 
And Penn State's got to stop it. And yeah. if Penn State doesn't stop the run, uh, again, I don't think Minnesota is as good as Michigan in the run game, but they're still pretty good. Um, I do think Penn State's offense is going to have an, a little bit of an easier time against Minnesota. But Penn State's defense got to step up. Those front seven have to step up, and they have to, um, you know, they got to take on blocks. They can't go around. You got to you got to hit the hole. You got to have good um, gap responsibility. Um, but I don't know. Five seems low to me, and I think I don't know. I think this is setting up. I God, I hope I'm wrong. I think this is setting up for a very close matchup in the whiteout. Yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure, but I'm, I'm, this is one of those ones where I'm staying away from just because of Penn State was good against the run up until last week. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, again, was it rust? Was it rust from the bye? I don't know. But Penn State's got to shut down the run. Um uh, Minnesota has a couple transfers on the offensive line that are pretty good, um, but I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna find out. I I'm interested to see where this line goes. If this line starts going down, someone might know something, and then I'm gonna get very very anxious about this one. But it's it's a season defining game for Penn State. They win if they win. Ten and two is very much on the table, and you're looking at a New Year's Six Bowl. You lose, probably the best you're gonna do is Citrus Bowl, and you know, hopefully, hopefully that's the best, but we're going to find out. We will find right. out and I, I will be there. I will be there. Um, <laughs> lastly, Kansas state at T- TCU. This is a great matchup. I absolutely love this matchup. Um, I think T- TCU is a five point favorite. I do think they are the better football team in this one. Um, but Fort Worth, the fans were great last week. They're going to have to be great again this week. Um, but a lot I like of purple either way. There's going to be a lot of purple in that stadium, <laughs> which is going to it's going to look full. I, although maybe Kansas State will wear, but you know Kansas State's alternative color is that silver too. So they are very, very similar are color per- schemes here. Very fi- similar color schemes. Um, although, although to be fair, TCU is more silver. Kansas State is more. Gray. Kansas State's more of a gray. TCU more of a silver. Anyway, I like, I like TCU in this one. I just think they I have like more TCU weapons. Too. I like TCU too. I think they have more weapons. I think their offense is better. Um, I think defensively, I think Kansas State's going to be a team that's going to try and run. I think they're run. They're more run first. Um, if I believe, um, I think TCU. I think TCU pulls this one off. I, th- I see TCU by a touchdown. TCU by a touchdown. Um, okay. Um, Jay, one last thing before we leave. Okay. And this is one of our longer, longer episodes because of my ranting and about your wonderful trip to Morgantown, which was sounded like it was amazing. It sounded like it was almost heaven, actually. Um, almost heaven. Almost heaven. Uh, we need a college football red zone. And I think it was more, we, it was more noticeable this week than any because I'm like flipping through the channels to try and find something. And we need a college football red zone, but dude, how would that, do you even know how that would even work? 
I mean, maybe you, <laughs> this goes back to getting a commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need a commissioner. Have everyone under the same umbrella because, like, yeah. this was my thought. This was my thought. Okay. You're going to quad so, box a lot more in college football, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Red Zone has, if you're unfamiliar with the NFL Red Zone, NFL Red Zone has every single um, touchdown, every single big play. They're playing it. They go to they go to all these different games. So I think there's like I want to say there's like maybe eight games, eight or nine games from the afternoon, or sorry, from the from the first string of games for the NFL. Okay. So if that's the case, you take 10 college football games at every hour. Okay. 10 football games in the morning or at noon, 10 football games at 3:30. You pick 10 and say, these are your red zone games, and that's how you do it. I, and it's like, I think so, and like it'll be a little extra, like hey, um, like hey, like we're on. Oh, we're a red zone. It'll be a cool thing. Like, hey, we're a red zone game this week. You know, like some of those smaller schools, like hey, oh man, hey, we're on the college football red zone this week. Like it's gonna be cool. And like again, pick ten games from each one and pick the best ten games, the most intriguing matchups, and. I think that's how you do it. You're not going to be able to do every single game, but pick 10. There's just too much football, but yeah, There's you could do too 10. Much. I think that, yeah. Pick 10 and you cover 20 games, and then by the time the night games show up, then everyone's on their own network. Yeah. I think it's perfect. I think we need it. I, I need it. I personally need it because I, I can't I'm, – I'm, I'm, my, my back button doesn't work with my controller. And there's only, there's only so many screens you can have. Exactly. Like, dude, I'm watching games on Sunday morning. I didn't like I watched like a half of NFL football on Sunday because yeah. I'm just watching games that I missed. Um, so condensed versions like the, the one hour ones were like, yeah, they cut everything. Oh, they're great. Um, but another week of college football in the books, an, just a glorious week of college football. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I was on the bad end of it. Um Penn State lost, got throttled by Michigan. I watched Tennessee win one of the, the biggest games in 20 years. But that's what happens in college football. But I did love everything else, if it yeah. counts. And, hey, shout out to the Tulane Green Wave. Yeah. Link in the AP Top 25 for the first I, time yes. since 1998. I, Feels like 98. Back. Hey, hey. Uh, also, embrace tradition. Put Tulane and Georgia Tech back into the SEC. Do you it. know it. You got to. You got to. Um, from all right. So everybody, thank you again for tuning in. Um, as always, have a great week. <laughs>